This is the intro song for my asshole brain. <laughs> testing. Mouth sounds. Mouth sounds. All those people who have misophonia would be like clawing at their ears right now. There's, oh my god. There's a DJ on Sirius Radio and he does... Like, I'm sure it's something most DJs do, but I don't know. It just seems very audible with him. Like, he does, like, a thing, like, in uh -huh. the end, like, and you can hear it, and it almost has, like, a click noise mm -hmm. to when he does it, and I can't listen to him, because I'm like, ah. I was listening to something the other day, and now I can't remember what it was. It might have been a podcast, and I noticed, like, a lot of, <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, not, I mean, there's stuff I do that annoys me, because when we edit, when I edit, I listen to it, and so I'm like, oh. Oh my god, I sound like a... I make fun of people who sound like Valley Girls. Like the whole Kardashian thing. Like, people you know, like this. And they do the up speak and the vocal fry. Um, and I make fun of that or they do the sibilant S. And so they draw it up. And then I listen. I'm like, holy shit. Well, I'm doing it. <laughs> I am what I hate. I have the sibilant S and then I'm doing the up talk. You know, they say that the things you dislike in others are the things you dislike yeah. about yourselves. So apparently that's it. All right. Awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is My Asshole Brain episode 15. How can you even read that little tiny <laughs> I don't know that I can. Stephanie's got the notes. So we actually do research before we do the shows. and so Let's be fair. Amanda does research. <laughs> So I, I will type. I up. sometimes do a little, but <laughs> I basically show up and be funny, Aww. which is sort of what I've done my entire life for everything. Oh, you think very highly of your sense of humor. It's the only thing I have going for me. <laughs> so I, I don't tell me I'm stupid. Don't tell me I'm not funny. Those are the only things in the world that I will be angry if you say to me. Oh, I get really mad if anybody ever implies I'm not smart, especially because I'm blonde and have big boobs. I'm like, you motherfucker. I understand I don't look like I'm supposed right. to be smart, but I'm fucking smart. Right. Like, unless I, like, even if I say something unbelievably stupid, if you say, you're, you're not allowed to point out that it's unbelievably stupid. Like, don't call me, like, literally the worst thing you can do is call me dumb. Mm. But that's You can literally say whatever you want to me. You could call me every name in the book and it'd be a beep. That's call right. me dumb. And the thing is, there are times when I will do stuff that's stupid. It's almost like my brain has a hiccup. And for whatever reason, I'll just stop understanding something or I'll say something and it just makes no sense. Yeah. And as soon as, it, as it's out of my mouth, I'm like, what the, f why did I even say that? Like, I know the answer to that or I know that's stupid. Like, why? Okay, here's a good example of it, which, okay, so I was in college. So that means this was about 23, 24 years ago. I was working at the Warner Brothers Studio Store and we were getting ready to close at night. And one of my coworkers was pulling her stuff out of her locker. And out of, like, I didn't see her. So I heard her from my side use an inhaler. And the thing is, I knew it was a fucking inhaler, right? Like, I know what inhalers are. Right. For whatever reason, I say, oh, is that breath spray? <laughs> and she's like, oh, no, it's an inhaler. I have asthma. He knew it was an inhaler. Why did I ask her if it was breast spray? And then you can't be like, oh, I know that because you literally just basically said you didn't know that. So then you're like, oh. Yeah, I said, oh. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know what that is. But I said, for some reason, I heard it and I didn't see it. So that's what I was 
thinking, but I don't, and I will do that every once in a while. We'll all say something really fucking stupid. And I'm like, I don't, I know that's not true. Like I, why did I do that? better than that. It's like I, I, I momentarily become inhabited by a total fucking idiot and say something monumentally stupid. And as soon as I've said it, like the, the smart me comes back in control and is just so embarrassed that I've said something so fucking Maybe there's stupid. a stupid person living inside of you and they're fighting for control. Probably. They're not doing a very good job because they're not very smart. So they don't have a lot of success because they're not very good That's at good like s- strategy. Yeah, right? Like planning. Yeah. So it's only when my defenses are down that they make... So I was listening to something. <laughs> You're talking about people living inside of you. <laughs> um, <laughs> today's topic is schizophrenia. No, actually... Um, <laughs> So glad I didn't spit that all over <laughs> everything right here. Steve, I broke all your stuff. Sorry. I mean, if it funnies. Oh, uh, I had seen something on Reddit, and I, I know I bring Reddit up a lot, but that's okay. It's I enjoy magical. it. I really enjoy being able to see a, a variety of information from a diverse group of people who I don't actually have to interact with in real and life. And I'm, freak- I'm frequently annoyed because I'm like, ah, people think about things way different than I do, and then I get jealous. I'm like, damn. Yeah, sometimes they'll come up with stuff that's really smart, and I'm like, yeah. wow. I hate you. <laughs> but I, can, I continue to be impressed. And this one person was talking about when you find yourself being really self-critical, one of the things that you can do is um, assign a name to that voice, that critical voice in your head. And so that when it starts talking, you can like call it by name and tell it to stop. Like you kind of identify it as a person but who is separate from you that you can tell to be quiet. Hmm. And... That helps shut it down. I so like for that. whatever reason, when I heard this, I'm like, oh, well, mine's Gary. So it, apparently now I have decided that the critical voice in my head is it's named Gary. Gary. <laughs> and so... <laughs> and it's I'm interesting <laughs> that that was automatically where you went. I'm like, oh, yeah, Gary. Right. I don't know. Maybe I was a Fucking Gary. Gary. Maybe I was a Gary in a past life. <laughs> Oh no. Or you had a Gary in a past life. They were like, that guy's a fucking right, dick. Right. And I, I don't know why. Maybe I you went to elementary school with a kid named Gary and you don't remember it and you just subconsciously like, that kid was I blocked asshole. it out. My ex-husband had an uncle named Gary who was not particularly I was say, friendly. Was Gary a dick? No, I mean, he wasn't super friendly, but he wasn't like hypercritical. He just didn't talk to me at all, which is okay. I would actually prefer the, the Gary in my head to not talk to me too because I wouldn't have to listen to it telling me terrible no, things. I don't know what my inside person's name is. Out of context, that would be a weird statement. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to call the, uh, the episode. I don't know what my inside person's name is. <laughs> Uh, so that's totally unrelated to the topic. <laughs> anyway. And, uh, Gary, shut the fuck up. I know I'm off topic. Stop <laughs> it, Gary. I'm getting back on track. People are looking at me. Be quiet. <laughs> Stop telling me to ask her if her inhaler is breath spray. I, I know that's not what it is. <laughs> Go away, Gary. Go away. Uh, so is um about assholes and she is saying ask holes. Oh, yes, she does ask- not have a weird <laughs> speech. I don't know. I don't issue. know how to pronounce assholes. I say ask holes. Wait, you call it an asshole? What's that? No, she's she's saying asshole on purpose. Yes. In a in a broader scope, compassion fatigue, which is something that a lot of people suffer from. 
And especially when we live in an age where we've got 24-hour news channels and we have the internet, which gives us access to every terrible thing that happens all the time. It, it's pretty common for people to become desensitized to bad news. And I, I think that I, I absolutely have. There are things that 10 years ago, had I heard about, would have really shaken me to my core. And now I just kind of think, well, that's terrible, but I'm still capable of kind of going yeah. on with my day. Right. And I'm sure that's because, to a certain degree, I've become desensitized I was to I would say, it. some of that's just being desensitized to it. I'm like, yeah. oh, another horrible thing. Okay. Right. Like, there's only so much that yeah. you can take. And it doesn't mean that you don't care, and it doesn't mean that you don't have empathy, which is something else that's that's part of this conversation. It's just that there's a point at which you only, I don't want to, I don't want to say that you only have so many fucks to give because that's kind of, that feels like it's too casual and it's not about that. You figure out you can only expend so much mental energy on certain things. Yeah. And, and, and especially, let's be honest, I mean, if it's not something that directly affects your universe. Mm-hmm putting all your mental energy into stuff like that when you need to also save mental energy for your people in your direct universe is generally going to take priority. Right, because you still have to function in your day-to-day life, and you have people that depend on you, and if you collapse every time you hear something terrible has happened, either in our country or elsewhere, then you would reach a point where you wouldn't be able to function. Right. And... While information is good, the access to all the terrible information may not be, especially because it tends to overshadow the the good, and we have this tendency to think that because we only really hear about the bad stuff, that 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 means there's more. Right, and that there's more of it than there is before, but in truth, there's there's not. What is that saying? If it bleeds, it leads. So, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. People. People are more interested, for lack of a better word, in... The dramatic and the gruesome and awful. And to an extent, you could argue that that's a survival mechanism because if we feel like we're aware of the threats, then we can better prepare ourselves for it. Kind of how we talked in the beginning about, like, you know, the fascination with horror and things like that and true crime, you know. It doesn't mean that you enjoy bad things happening to people, but you feel like, well, if I know, then I can... This person didn't do this and they could have done that. So if it happens to me, now I know what to do. Yeah. It's that easy. And if I... And if I... I can prepare for it, like, yeah. you know, doomsday preppers and stuff like that. Right. You know, I think the world's going to end or society's going to collapse. Hey, if I have all these, you know, a bunker and a bunch of water and weapons. And a shit then... ton of Twinkies. <laughs> yes. That's your doomsday prepping is just buying a lot of Twinkies. Yes. You know how terrified I was when they got rid of Twinkies for a while? Well, you could use those for barter, too, I bet. Like, you, I, I'm thinking that you, if you just had Twinkies, that you could use those to get anything else you need. I like, like I need so. someone to protect me. To be I'll fair, though, Twinkies. I'm a woman and I have a vagina. So that's probably going to be a better bartering tool than the Twinkie. Fair enough. Although if you ever watch any post-apocalyptic, they'll just take it. Yeah, you actually gonna, have yeah, a luxury yeah, bartering. bartering might yeah. not necessarily be. We'll pretend that it is in that instance. But then though. again, they could just take the Twinkies, too. So maybe Fuck. that's not the <laughs> I'd be way more pissed about this that. A, That's awful. This is a terrible, terrible idea. <laughs> we should not just rely on Twinkies for yeah. survival. Weapons. Anyway. So um, compassion fatigue. Dr. Charles Figley. I don't know who he is, but I like his definition of it. I like his name. Figley. Figley. Do you think he talks like that? So, oh, oh. So. <laughs> he has a monocle. 
Does he it sounds a- like basil faulty. <laughs> <laughs> so compassion fatigue is a state experienced by those helping people or animals in distress. It is an extreme state of tension and preoccupation with the suffering of those being helped to the degree that it can create a secondary traumatic stress for the helper. So it's not even just a numbing to it. It's that the trauma that someone else, that the person you're helping is experiencing ends up becoming traumatic for you as well. It's, it's like you kind PTSD of take PTSD by proxy. Exactly. You take on some of their trauma. And it used to be something that was found mostly in caregivers or people who dealt directly, others who deal directly with those who are traumatized. But now because of increased exposure to, as I mentioned before, news, traumatic events and suffering on social media, news outlets. I mean, there was the... A lot of people tried to shut it down quickly, but there was that one person who live-streamed. He went into the mosques and he was killing people and yeah. he live-streamed it. And you could watch it. You could go online. Yeah. And I think they've largely purged it from most places well, that, on the regular internet. I'm sure it exists. That was that web. same day that like Facebook and Instagram and a bunch of those things were down for hours. And I kind of assumed that that was part of what that was. Is oh. A lot of that stuff got kind of taken down because they were trying to wipe all of that yeah but yeah with you know videos and phones and stuff nowadays you're not just hearing about stuff depending on the situation where it was you're seeing it and people yeah post the videos which i don't i i don't want to watch i don't want to see those i was and i have on occasion clicked on that stuff and been like i wish i hadn't watched that, that. was a terrible yeah. idea yeah but there- i do it every time there there was a podcast that i was listening to where they were talking to Uh, an officer who had responded to a school shooting and then a woman who had been one of the students who had survived it and they were talking about what they had seen and I almost couldn't listen when they were talking about what they saw in the school because of you know having children that age and and a vivid imagination I began picturing it and thinking of my own kids and even but even if they're not my kids just any children yeah just imagining that yeah yeah anyone in that situation and one of the things that he talked about was things that I hadn't heard before in terms of what he saw and what he smelled and I was like okay I can't it was too visceral it was really difficult for me and so there's a part of me that doesn't want to be exposed too much to that because I don't ever want to get used to it yeah like this is a normal yeah, I, I don't, and that's something that they talk about with school shootings in the United States, that they're so commonplace. Now, when Columbine happened, people were... That was... Devastated. Yeah, that was insane. Right, and and, and people were shaken and scared and disturbed, yeah. and now people are bothered by them, yeah. but it's just they, they, they return to normal so I literally, when I see quickly. the news and if I'm at work, I go, oh, another school shooting. Like, yeah. that's how I say it. And that's not, and it's not because we, we don't care, yeah. but... It's, it's the, your body goes into this mode where it has to protect itself. And so you just, again, become desensitized to it. Right. And there are definitely things that over the years, you know, 20 years ago, I would have broken down over. And as I've gotten older, like I, it doesn't phase me as much anymore. And part of me is relieved because it means that I can function better even after hearing about things that are terrible but another part of me is a little bit disturbed yeah, i'm like why am it? i not more bothered by this yeah why doesn't that upset me anymore yeah. and i'm and i'm sure it's because of the desensitization from being exposed to it but the compassion fatigue even goes a little bit beyond that so not only are you somewhat desensitized to it um, after some time you can actually um Blame yourself for suffering. You begin to isolate yourself. You can have trouble 
concentrating. You can have insomnia. So you actually start to show very similar symptoms to the people who suffered the trauma as well. So you can begin to drink a lot. You can use drugs. You can stop taking care of yourself. You complain a lot about you, like you lose enjoyment for your job and other things, yeah. um, and your your work performance fails as well. It doesn't just impact you in terms of you can become numb to it. It can actually go beyond that and affect your ability to function, function. in your job yeah. because you take on that trauma and it affects you. So there were some suggestions on how to deal with it, and I think that that's something that I see a lot about self care. Yeah. Do you see that a lot like in the media? Like people will say it's okay to not take, watch the news. Yeah, it's okay to, you know, focus on you and take care of you. Um, yeah. And I think that's important. I mean, it sounds kind of selfish, but you're no good to anybody else if you can't right. function. And so I do think it's important for people. Like, I don't actually watch the news. I probably the only reason I know the news as much as I do is my mom. I mean, my mom watches news almost all day, so news of some kind is usually on when I'm over at my parents' house. Mm-hmm. So a lot, and if, honestly, if I've missed stuff, my mom will tell me about it. My stepfather was a professor of political science for years, and so whenever I was around, he was always watching the news, and he reads several newspapers, and CNN was always on in the background, and. When I go over to their house, still they'll have it on. And so he's very much keeps his finger on the pulse of all kinds of things that are happening. And I just, I, even just having it in the background and the talking, like it gets to the point where it's just great. Even the sound of it just grates on me. Like it's just too much to even have the constant talking there. Yeah. And even if I can tune out the content of what they're saying, like I just get to a point where I'm overwhelmed. The sound. Yeah. Yeah. It's just too much. Well, especially with the news, a lot of, especially with us having the 24-hour news channels, they talk about the same things over and over. So, like, not as only as innocuous little stuff like this bill or whatever. It's, you know, also, like, the shooting and this. and And, I mean, they just research everything and poke and pull at every possible. And they get people on that are experts in that general thing, and they come up with scenarios, and you just have people breaking it down to every minute detail they can and that is just and they dig up every little detail they can about the person as well so they go onto their social media and they talk to anyone who knows them yeah there was something that i had read a year or two ago and it was written by a man and i can't remember he might have been a journalist himself or he was a psychologist i can't remember which i took notes on it and i've got it tucked away in something somewhere yeah but he talks about what we need to be doing better to deal with mass shootings Right. He had several tips. The thing that we're doing in terms of talking about it constantly and showing all the videos and the film and talking about their names and diving into it, like every all of that is the exact worst thing that you can do. Yeah. We we need we need to not name them. We need to not call them by names. And I've actually seen that happening in I've seen that in some places where they won't give the person's name. They'll say like the the Orlando shooter or yeah. the, the wherever they were, they were like the Vegas shooter yeah. instead of tell, calling them by name. When I think recently with the um, the shooting that happened in New Zealand, uh-huh. the at the mosque, I think it's prime minister for New Zealand, I'm not sure, uh-huh. um, actually said a couple weeks ago, like, like this conversation is done in that we're not talking about the shooter. We're not discussing right. him. He's not the focus of this. The people whose lives were lost are the right. focus. And she was very adamant, like, his narrative is done. He's and he had a trial. manifesto or something. He's going to go, you know, he's going to go through all of that. But otherwise, 
we don't care about this person. We're not talking about him. And right. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, and that was one of the things he talked about. He in and he talked about like not showing the trauma, like not showing the police, not doing filming of the ambulances. So yeah. it dramatizes it and it makes it exciting. Right. And people forget that human beings have died. Yeah, because you just it looks see like the, a TV show yeah, or a TV movie. Yeah, it just looks like chaos and drama yeah. and you you don't see the actual thing. And and then again, overexposure to even the, the terrible aspects yeah. of it can desensitize you. And so don't name the shooter. Stop talking about it. Don't dig into their past lives. Don't, you know, yeah. there's so many things that we do actually makes it worse. And so our handling of these situations is not only harming us as viewers, it is increasing the likelihood of something else happening. Yeah. Look at all the attention and fame for, you know, this person got. Yeah. Infamy, as it were. Yeah. And I hate to say it, but you see this kind of thing with serial killers. Now, I am someone who I, I enjoy learning about true crime. So I hate to say, like, I enjoy true crime because that implies that I actually like the fact that people are murdered. I absolutely right. don't. I think it's it's terrible. But there is a certain part of me that, like, wants to know what happened. And we talked about this in that episode. Yeah. That I feel like the more I know, the, the, the better prepared. Right. I well, and I mean, we've both discussed that we were psychology majors at one point. Yeah. You know, like, the psychology behind some of that is absolutely fascinating. And you could argue that's part of where all the stuff in the news comes from, but let's be right. honest, I don't think the average person doing all those stories actually gives a shit about the psychology behind the acts. They just, you know, right. I mean, know that people will watch this shit over and over, right. and that helps their ratings. Exactly. So, if you can under... The thinking is, if you can understand why somebody does something, you can keep it from happening. And so there's a part of me that's like, how, like, what, what led to this? What could we do in the future to keep such a thing from happening? Or what is broken about this person? How could something go so terribly wrong to make someone do such a terrible thing? But I don't like the glorification yeah. of serial killers. Like, I would never. There are some people who actually like serial killer memorabilia. I'm not big on that. Like, no, I, I don't think that's cool. I don't have a favorite serial killer. Like, I don't... I That... I, I did as a kid, but... Which, oh, God, that sounds really bad. Um, but that was, like, when I was, you know, that teenage, like... Well, right. Serial killers are fascinating. There could be one that you think is the most... Like, I am most fascinated by this case because it's so fucking right, crazy. Right, I'm going to say, yeah, it was... That kind right. of thinking but and not like, oh, he's really hot. He's my favorite. That stuff freaks and me the fuck out. And there's a lot of that. Yeah. I'm disturbed by the number of people who talk about Ted Bundy in regards to his looks because, one, like that should not be the emphasis. I understand people are like, well, he was really charming and that's how he got away with what he did. But in fact, a lot of the people, the, a lot of the women he approached were kind of skeeved out by him. So I don't right. know that he was as charming as he or others thought he did. And here's the did. thing. And I'm like, you know, okay, yeah. So he was attractive. He wasn't that kind of, that doesn't override, like, I see a picture of Ted Bundy and my first thought is not, oh yeah, he was attractive. It's like, oh yeah, he killed a shit ton of people. That still overrides any potential physical attraction. And I don't actually think he was that good looking, to be honest. I mean, he was okay. I can see where he was, like, just because when I see the pictures and I'm like, I mean, he looks like a typical 70s dude. He's a little rat-faced for my taste. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he looks... And that's also one of the things, like, you know, if I saw a picture of him and he wasn't Ted Bundy, would yeah. I be like, oh, yeah, that person was attractive. Yeah. No, because it's just like, oh, like, oh, it's Ted Bundy. It's like people think Charles Manson's hot. And I'm like, mm. oh, okay. 
Sure, but it's Charles Manson. At least, I mean, at least he didn't actually murder people. He just kind of inspired other true. people to do so. I have heard people make that argument, though, too. I'm not justifying yeah. what Charles Manson does. Which, I mean, does. but, like, I mean, which I have always found fascinating. He shouldn't be, he should be in prison. Well, no, He's I... He's innocent. I'm no, like, no, he should still be in prison. Yeah. I absolutely still believe he should be in prison. But at the very least, he didn't kill somebody, so, like, if someone's still... Like, oh, he's kind of hot. I'm like, well, at least he's not actually a murderer. So, like, that's a little... In theory. A l- mildly more yeah. okay to me than someone lusting after. Yeah. Like, I know people that have Ted Bundy t-shirts no. and, you know, things like that. And I'm like... Mm, no. It's not... I'm not no. okay with that. Like, it's not... They're not action figures. No, and that's... This isn't a Marvel movie. No, and they're not heroes. And that's the thing. It's like our treatment of them. When you blast their names, like, can you name one victim of Ted Bundy? One. I can't either. And I watched... That Netflix that say, yeah, I, that's what I'm thinking. Like I just watched that yeah. documentary when it came out. I'm and like, I've I listened don't know a name. I listened to like a three part podcast that fucking talked about them, and I still can't remember a single victim's name. Yeah. And that troubles me. Like I should be able to yeah. remember that, right? Yeah, that's the thing. Like that's not who the focus and I mean you think about like even like when you mentioned the school shootings in Columbine. Do you remember a single kid I was who say, died? I don't remember those kids' names, no. but I remember the two that did it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, and again, yeah, you, and, you know, that's what we focus on. And the way that was spun, too. That's really interesting, too. That's something else that, like, we could go down a rabbit hole, and I don't know enough about it to actually do it I any justice. I point, but not anymore. But they were painted as kids who were bullied, and from what I understand is that's actually not true at the time again this is the other thing the media does is they scramble for uh an explanation and sometimes the explanation that they glom onto is not the correct one so they start selling a story that's not the right story in the beginning whether or not that was their intention or not if that's the first thing you come out with even if you figure out later that that's incorrect you already presented this one narrative and that's what people latched onto of course so people aren't going to correct that or they're not going to keep following the news necessarily so that's what they heard. That's what they know. That's what they stick they with. They remember what they hear first. Yeah. And so that's why you have people who were saying, oh, well, they were bullied. Or it was because they listened to Marilyn Manson. Or it was because they played violent video games. Yeah. And... And, and that that's the story. They, they That's the other thing is the news is scrambling for justification, for an explanation for why it happened. And so they will ask these people to come on to explain it. And these people just, like, start tossing out theories yeah. for why it works. They don't really fucking know. Causation is incredibly hard to prove. Right. And everyone's different. And a lot of it comes down. I mean, I have my own theories on why certain people do certain things, but a lot of it comes down to if you have a person who believes that they've been wronged, they want to go out and commit crimes because they feel like they're balancing the scales. Someone has done something wrong to them, and they're going to set it right. Right. For whatever reason. And that's not always the case, but sometimes it's because they think, it's a gay person, or they think it's a woman because yeah. women won't date them, or they think it's say, Muslims. Yeah. I'm going to say that's been the big one lately has been toxic masculinity and how many of these things have been, you know, spurred by some guy asked some girl out and she basically spurned his advances and he kind of goes off the rail. And that is actually another, I would love to have that conversation because a lot of times when people hear the phrase toxic masculinity, they think what we're saying is that all men are bad. And Which they are, no. but <laughs> no, we're not saying that. Stop yeah. it! 
air quotes, that's not what we meant. Stop it. I'm kidding. I really don't think all men are men. I love certain parts of all men. <laughs> or a certain part. Exactly. But the point is, it's it's not... People equate masculinity to men, and that's not true. Mas- what it's talking about is is the the, um, the concept of right. masculinity. What we how we define what men are supposed to yeah. be, what a man is, what a real man is, yeah. and you have to fit these criteria. And if you don't, you're not a real man. And that that creates a lot of bad things yeah. for men and women alike, and everybody. Like it's yeah. So that's where that whole phrase comes from, and it's not anti-man. Yeah. It's it's anti-societal expectations. Yeah, I'm going to say that's... And I've even heard people make the argument, toxic masculinity, like, men should be more upset by that than yes. women or anyone else should be because it's saying you can only be one way. Yeah. You have to fit into this. This little square, this little box. You have to meet these criteria or else you're not yeah, a real man. You know, and if you go any way outside of that, yeah, you're not a man. Yeah. You're, you know, you might as well be gay. Right. Know, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, or a girl because yeah. it's insulting to be a girl as right. well. Yeah, because only women are emotional or caring. And weak. Yeah, so, you know. And that's you, really. You don't want to be a girl, right. you. And that's really what it comes down to is strength and weakness. Yeah. Power. It comes down to power. Right. And who has it. And if you aren't doing certain things, then you you don't have power, and therefore you're not a man. Right. And that's and that is another damaging thing. So when people, but but back to the idea of power, that's also what fuels a lot of these acts of violence. Is it's when people and taking don't your feel, and taking their power yeah, back, and they're going to do it in the most violent way yeah. possible. Wow, we've got a kind of a yeah, tangent say, here for why we think people woo. do terrible things, but at the end of the day, it kind of, the it results in the same thing: is that we see terrible things happening all the time, and and it's creating issues for those of us who are watching it. One of the things that I was looking up in regards to this was empathy, and how exposure to these types of things also lead to lower empathy because that's one of the conversations and so in our previous episode we talked about generations and there's a lot of stereotypes about younger generations yeah and one of the things that is being said is that empathy in younger people is going down and one of the statistics that i saw said that it's down 40 percent in college students in 2014 compared to 10 years previous and they said one of the reasons they think that could be happening is because overexposure to traumatic things, which result in desensitization. I don't know entirely how they measure it. One of the things that they said they think leads to it, which is another stereotype about younger generations, is that they're narcissistic. I can tell you that younger generations do not own narcissism and that there's plenty to go around. Yeah, I'm going to say. <laughs> and, and again, like we talked about in the previous episode, so much of that stuff is... For a certain age. It's perfectly when, normal when for young t- people to, to yeah. not be able to see beyond themselves. Yeah, when you're a teenager, nothing matters. That's why everything that happens in high school, every little tiny slight is the end of the world. Even if you sit there and go, look, that happened to me too. And I got over and they're like, no, this is different. This it has never right. happened. That's, that's part, again, that's part of becoming a human. Read fucking Romeo and Juliet. Their reaction to that like epitomizes yeah. how it feels to be a teenager. It's we the can't end of date. Let's kill ourselves. Right. Like th- we've known each other for three days, and we love each other more than anyone else in history. And you'll and never you won't understand let us, it. You won't let us be together. So now we're gonna kill ourselves. Anyway, the point Whatever. is that is a part of act. If you've ever done any kind of reading or studying of of human development. 
that is a natural stage in human development is that very like you can't see beyond the tip of your own nose like you're so self-involved and self-centered it doesn't mean you're a bad person it's part of who we all are we all go through that stage and so and and hopefully you know you as you continue growing you grow out of a certain amount of that and don't just become a narcissistic asshole for life. But some people never if you do, make you it. That end up being part of a Fortune 500 company. And president of the United States. So I guess that can Whatever work. Whatever you mean. <laughs> let's, <clears throat> let's face it. Anybody who gets anywhere in politics has had to sacrifice a portion of their soul to get there. Oh, yeah. None of them are untainted. That's what I always say. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I don't care how much you love someone and how perfect they are. If they've purposely chosen to be in politics, even if they're good and they, they want to do the right things. Once you get to a certain yeah. tier. Yeah. Like I've always said, I'm bothered a little bit by anyone who actively thinks like, yeah, I'd like to be president. That takes a certain mindset that you're like, yeah, this is the thing I'm going to do. I want that kind of and power. And I'm going to be good at it. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you why I'm better than those other people. That's a lofty... Whew. You've got a pretty high opinion of yourself. Right. <laughs> okay, so... Like, I can't convince people to date me. I can't imagine telling <laughs> an entire country, yo, this is what I think You we should, should let me have this most important job in possibly the world. No, 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 no. See, the, the thing is... I'm a big uh, Parks and Recreation fan, and Leslie Nope is who I would like to think most politicians are because she sees herself as a public servant. Yeah. And as selfless and hardworking and generous as she is, she still has moments where she is full of ego and pride and driven by what she wants. Now, because she's a fictional character, she can overcome that and still does what she believes is right, and she's honorable and ethical. Yeah. But she's also in local because government. Because fiction. Right. And she's also in local government. Now, even if you had someone who starts off as a Leslie Nope, by the time they get to the position of running for president, do I think she would still be as clean yeah. and golden and ethical? I don't know. Because I think what you have to do to get there. Yeah. That's I think I, it ruins you a yeah, little bit. I always say the same thing. Like, I, you know, when people talk about like, oh, if I were doing that, you know, this thing, whatever it is, I would do this. And I'm always like, nah. I like don't to, know. I would say, I like to think that. Or I'm like, but I'm also going to be real honest. I'm a person with goals. Some, I mean, people are selfish. That's, again, Ego, that's pride, part of desires. why people have been a thing for as long yeah. as we have. Like, you don't survive by being completely selfless. So, Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, though, like, in the animal kingdom, the selfless ones are dead. Yeah. So, I'm like... Yeah, and that's really fucking depressing. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of true. And so that's why... To a certain degree, we can criticize people for being narcissistic or self-centered, but it's also, you need a little bit of that to survive in this world. Because if you're completely selfless and focused on everyone else, it's fucking exhausting. It is draining, which is why compassion fatigue exists. Because you give, and I'm expanding it beyond just the care workers, because they obviously have a different situation. But I'm saying just as normal human beings just being exposed to all this stuff that happens, there's a point at which it's like, I can no longer continue to feel bad because I'm exhausted and it's too much. And so you do kind of have to shut off. You do have to to build a shell. Pick and choose your battles. Right. 
your so, empathies, as it were. Yeah, you have to choose what you, just like charities. You have to pick which ones you can donate. Like, I don't have a lot of money, so I have to be very careful about which ones I choose to give money to. I solved that by not donating, so. <laughs> that's how that works. Uh, more and more I have to donate to my children, but when I can, I do have a few charities I, that I, I like to donate to. I'm sure to. they would argue they are a perfect charity. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, I'm investing in the future. How about that? That sounds very good. There you go. So uh, anyway, the, it, 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 they do talk about how the lowering of empathy could be a result of uh, higher ni- narcissism and the increased focus on attention-seeking and things like reality TV or YouTube stars that show people being rewarded and becoming famous for nothing other than living in the public eye. So you don't even have to have a talent anymore. You yep. just have to have something that is entertaining enough to make people watch you. Yeah. Like fucking PewDiePie who just screams while he plays video games okay, and say, ma- is like a fucking millionaire. I don't know what that is. I keep seeing things about Ugh. PewDiePie. I have purposely not looked into it. I'm like, I don't know what this reference is and I'm going to be okay with being old He's and not learning a it. Swedish dude who plays video games and, and like records himself playing them and doing commentary and stuff. But from what I've seen, a lot of it is just screaming. That sounds awful. And I'm like, I can't, I can't. But then again, I listen to things like last podcasts on the left where certain people <laughs> do a lot of screaming. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm not so different, am I? <laughs> Depends on the, the vehicle which they use for the Right. Screaming. It's yeah. just that instead of screaming about video games, they're screaming about like serial killers and aliens. So uh, who am I to criticize? Right. Scream all you want. But, I mean, let's face it. The Kardashians are perfect fucking examples of this of people who have become wealthy and famous for not having any real talent yeah and so literally the father <laughs> was a high profile lawyer and then they got a show yeah because and, and, Kim some, and somebody married Bruce Jenner and yeah like, you know hey he was famous once yeah um, but I mean and the start of it was even like Kim Kardashian appeared a couple times on Paris Hilton shows because she at that time organized rich people's closets and then uh, and then a sex I didn't even know that yeah that's how she started out and then a sex tape got a uh, sex tape it's like a tape only yeah something <laughs> deep <laughs> So deep. The sex tape. Yeah, so a sex tape got released, and that's really kind of where she yeah. took off. And, and of course, yeah, Paris Hilton and you know, was sort of the beginning, I feel like, of Famous that. Famous for being know, rich. Like, I have money, and I like clothes. Well, let's face it. There are big socialites have been famous for you. I mean, like, that's not that's anything yeah, new. That's not new. Yeah, socialites yeah. who are famous simply because they're yeah. social or heiresses. A famous, you're famous for inheriting fucking money that other people earn. Fair, probably by exploiting that. people. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody wants to give me money, make me famous. That would be amazing. Call me. So apparently, that's one of the things they're blaming is is that kind of like that 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 there's so much more focus on getting attention just by by, by getting rich off of getting right. attention. Okay, I mean, I could. Yeah, I so, can see any argument really. I mean, the... but some of the some of the criteria that they used in order to to determine that people are less empathetic, I took umbrage with, and I so I see where they're coming from, but some of the stuff I thought was kind of BS. For instance, some of the criteria involved. <laughs> that they donate to charities less than other age groups. They don't have any money. They're fucking broke. Yeah. 
So, yeah. Believe me, donating to charity was not a priority when I was in college. Right. Uh, increase in violence and bullying could actually just be an increase in reporting. Yeah. Like, do we know that it's gone up, or do we just know that because there's more awareness of it, it gets reported yeah. and more? And there's a zero tolerance on that, generally in most schools now. Like, right. You know. And I mean, in talking to Ava, like, she, I've talked to her about bullying. She's like, it's not the kind of thing you really see. You don't see the kids getting shoved into lockers and getting beat up. Right. At least at her school. And obviously that's a very narrow view. Like, yeah. I don't know what's going on in other schools. I'm sure it still exists. I have right. students who talk about being bullied when they were kids. So I know it still happens. But it happened when we were kids, too. So I don't know that it, I don't know that it's actually increased. Yeah. I it may be just that we're just talking less, about it Less more. of an acceptance of, you know, kids will be kids kind right. of thing. Right. Yeah. No, it's actually not okay to do that. You it's know, not like, a no, normal... There are plenty <laughs> of other kids who don't beat the shit out of their classmates. Right. It's not a normal part of right. life. So. And then, uh, like I said, uh, they also want to blame an increase in online interactions that allow people to distance themselves from others. So they're saying that people are becoming colder and less empathetic because most of their interactions aren't in person. They're online. But here's the thing. Like, you can have... So there's a distancing, which means you don't feel as much empathy because you're not right in front of the person. But I also think that you can have people that will spout off online and say shitty things that they would never actually say in person. And that's not to justify it, but it's saying in person they could still be a fairly decent human being. Right. Even if they're being an asshole online. And I also, I know people that are have built online friendships with people through things that, you know, basically they came to be friends through something that person need a compassion and right. empathy. So, I mean, again, that There's is... There's the flip this... side of it. There's a lot of yeah. people who connect through the internet. Yeah. That's one of the reasons that I love Reddit because I have seen amazing things happen. Like, people who are total strangers. Like, people on Facebook and stuff like that, the reason I love Reddit is because of the anonymity. So, when you see people right. doing kind things for each other and they're not doing it because they're friends with you and they know you, they're doing it... Like, you could be a complete stranger in another fucking country and someone will... Like, they will band together and, like, help get people get to a place or get them a home or get them a job or get them a bed or whatever the fuck they need and it's a perfect stranger who they'll never actually meet and they still do this kind of thing yeah. for them. So... As easy as it is for people to be shitty online, it's just as easy for people to be kind. And I see that all the time. I see people being kind and supportive to each other as much, if not more, than I see people being cruel. Yeah. Maybe I just pick the right subreddits. I don't know. But, Possibly. But I see a lot of kindness out there, too. So I, I don't necessarily buy what they're saying as far as that goes. Yeah. I, I think we use the internet as a excuse for a lot of shitty stuff. And I mean, granted, there is some awful shit because yeah. of the internet. Like, the people going at, oh, like, posting on all the Captain Marvel stuff that happened a couple months ago and, uh... I didn't even hear about that. Yeah, people that hadn't, the movie hadn't even come out, people posting all these reviews and stuff, and, like, I think Rotten Tomatoes came out and basically shut down all of their commentary and caption stuff because people were going in, you know, like, ah, it's a feminist, blah, blah, blah. You know, all this shit because the main character was a girl. Just because it's a woman doesn't yeah. mean it's like a feminist manifesto. Or like the, star, the thing with the girl <laughs> from the one Star Wars movie that basically she ended up leaving, like, Instagram oh, and the, Facebook. the Asian character. Yeah, yeah. Rose because yeah. people were, you know, basically saying, she ruined the entire fandom with her <sighs> vagina. Oh, and her Asian-ness. Right. Um... <laughs> So, you know, yeah, a lot of shitty stuff comes out of the internet, and it's mostly from, you know, let's be honest, probably trolls that live in their parents' basement. Um, but there's a lot of good. My oldest loves Star Wars, and he has even said that he 
gets very frustrated by the Star Wars fandom. He said this. I have heard a lot of people say that they they don't even want to say they're part of that fandom anymore because it's gotten so, like, Yeah. It's not the movies from the 1970s, so now it's shit. I'm like... Actually, if I'm you go down. look at the movies from this, they're not that fucking great. I'm sorry. And I, and they're I, not. I love Harrison Ford. Yeah. Love him. The movies are corny. They are. And I, <laughs> like, I, I still I, like them. I had to watch them a couple times, I'm going to be honest, before I didn't, like, the first two times I tried to watch them, I fell asleep. <laughs> like, I mean, and like, that's the thing. I love everything about Star Wars. I love the entire concept, but the movies themselves, the original ones, yeah. and not even just the it, all of them have an element of oh, corniness. They're all, corny as they're all shit. a little bit cheesy. Yeah. I still love them. Yeah. But I mean, that makes some of it. Isn't let's it? not pretend as though they're fucking masterpieces. So people need to calm well, down. Let's also not be <laughs> devastated by a woman or a minority having a role in movies that are about fucking space right. and spaceships <laughs> and a Death Star. Like, calm Just down. Again, it's not an attack on your male yeah. whiteness. It's okay. <laughs> this movie is fiction. You can still be who you are and she can still be who she is. Yeah. Like, it's... You're not taking, that's, that's one of the things is people think like, well, if you give power or representation to someone else, that means you're taking it away from me. And it's like, no, you can have both. Yeah. We can all have it. It's okay. Yeah. There's enough <laughs> equality for everyone. That's what fucking equality right. is. We don't have one bucket full of equality. And we're right. like, well, when we run out, it's gone. <laughs> Sorry, you're fucked. Yeah. Sorry, we'll scrape what we've got left from the bottom, but you're out. No. no. Uh, uh, and that's a, a, a conversation that we can go into great depth as well. But so back to so many sidebars. Yeah. So back to this uh, discussion. Uh, and at the end of the day, really, a lot of it comes down to how you're raised. So if you have empathetic parents, you're going to be more empathetic. But one of the things that they were talking about, too, is that Part of the reason empathy might be going down is because there's increased ex- expectations of success and competition. So when you have higher expectations of people, you're pitting them against others. And so they can no longer see them as allies or friends. They only they're see enemies. them as competition yeah. or enemies. And therefore, they're not going to have empathy for them because empathy is weakness. Right. If you feel for someone you're competing against, that's a weakness because you can't do that. You can't feel bad for them or else you're not going to... That's gonna why all those like TV movies are so wonderful when you know the person's at the race and they're so close to winning and then their their running mate falls and breaks their ankle and they go back and get them and yeah. they cross the line together but the one who was gonna win loses and you're like that's so good there's, and they're a good person and there's a real life video of that i remember and I, there's more than one example but i remember one in particular where that actually happened a runner fouling and the other yeah. girl it was like at a high school trap meet and the other girl went yeah. and picked her up and they crossed the line together so they both yeah and you know i'm like you know, yeah that's wonderful but you know there's at least 20 people watching it like loser right like, like she could have won she had that in the right. bag that's weakness yeah kindness is weakness yeah so when you have that kind of thought being put out there and you're pitting people against each other and you're trying to get them to succeed and be more competitive then you're not going to foster compassion because that's not a strength if you want to get ahead you have to be willing to that's why sociopaths do better at succeeding right. because they're not concerned about being friends yeah, and you empathetic. don't care about stepping on people right. to get to the top like that's just a given right because the ends justify the means yeah whatever you have to do to get what you want is fine yeah. and there's not a problem with that and so for us to turn around and go like, oh, so we're expecting people to be more successful and more competitive, but we don't understand why they're not empathetic. Well, what the... Uh, 
what did you think was yeah. going to happen? Yeah, it's very rare that those two things go hand in hand. Like, yeah. That's not how things are set up. Right. And maybe someday they will be, but right now, no. So you have to ask yourself, which is more important? Yeah. If you're going to put more emphasis on com- competition, then you can't be surprised when people aren't empathetic. Yeah. That's not how it works. Sorry. However, there was a little bit of counterproof. Um, volunteerism is up, actually. So a lot of these kids are, they might not be donating because they don't have any fucking money, but they're giving their time, giving time which is which more is... than I ever do. I won't give my time to anybody. <laughs> I will give you all the money in the world. I can't tell you how many times there was shit that like was going on with my kids when they were participating in stuff and they were asking for volunteers. And I'm like, I will give you money. You can be like, do not ask yeah. me to give my time, please. <laughs> I will not sell these pies, but I will buy them all myself. <laughs> 400 boxes of Girl Scout cookies? How much do I write the check for? As long as I don't have to go sell them, I don't care. Right. Yeah. I, I am more that way also. Though I have, I mean, I like volunteering, but again, it's one of those, like, oh, it's another obligation. And then when yeah. it comes, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I, I don't know that I've ever done anything like that. I did actually in elementary school. I volunteered, I would spend time with the kids who were like in the special ed class. So we had kids who had like cerebral palsy or Down syndrome and I would go and spend lunch and hang out with them and do stuff like that for a little while. Yeah. And then I got tired of it. I was like, I don't want to do it anymore. And I quit. And they were like, are you sure? Because you're really good with them. And I'm like, yeah, nah, I'm good. I'd rather have recess. (laughs) I don't want to do that anymore. So that shows you what kind of asshole I am. (laughs) But... Presumably, you're less of an asshole than you were in elementary school. I hope so. Or more. Who knows? Uh, I didn't know you you in elementary school. You could be a way bigger asshole for all I know. I think I was actually pretty nice in elementary school. I didn't turn into a real asshole. I am. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And also, crime is down overall, especially violent crime, except for marginalized groups and immigrants. Oh, God. Damn it. They always get screwed. <laughs> we like everyone a little bit better, except for you. Uh, yeah. But nice. let's hope that that will also improve with time as well. Hopefully. So one of the other things that we wanted to talk about in this was um, the topic of assholes, because one of the things that I was wondering as well, because we do spend a lot of time on social media and we also spend a lot of time interacting with others through social media, that you're only getting like snippets of people's lives. And and a lot of times the snippets you get are the extremes. Yeah, you're not getting the... The day-to-day, average, boring interactions. Yeah. There's a spectrum, and the interesting parts of the spectrum are generally at polar ends. Right. You know. So you're either getting, like, the great news, or yeah. you're getting the shitty news. And so what ends up happening, though, is some of the people who thrive on social media, and we've had this conversation, we talked about social media before, yeah. are the people who really feed off either the praise, so they are constantly posting stuff to, like, in inflate how yeah. awesome their lives are. They did this are. wonderful thing or this wonderful thing happened to me. Right. So so that they can get people to tell them how awesome they are or yeah. the opposite end of that is the people who are always kind of seeking sympathy. Now there's a subcategory of that that we can call the assholes. We know several of those. And these are As the, do most people. Yes. And and these are the people who are constantly asking for advice. 
because they have some sort of situation that they're trying to navigate and they don't know what to do and so they want advice on how they can fix it and they thrive off the sympathy and attention that they get from all the people who rush in to offer advice however they don't actually take the advice in my experience they either explain why it won't work that's what I'm most used to or they just say thanks but then do the fucking opposite well let's be honest you know it's I think it's sort of the flip side of it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission yeah I think it's that kind of thing like yeah it's great you know everybody's giving me this advice let's be honest I think most people when they ask questions already know what they're gonna do yeah they, they're hoping people will give them answers that, that align, validate. Yeah, align with what they're already right. thinking. And if you suggest something... I was going to set his car on fire. Does everybody agree I should do that? They do? Awesome. Or everybody says, no, that's not a great idea. And an hour later, you're like, fuck it, I'm still going to I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> right. I'm not sure why that was my example, but... Because extremes are more exciting. Also, it's more entertaining true. to yeah. listen and to. who doesn't want to set someone's exactly. car on fire? Hmm. Right? <laughs> You're thinking about it. I am. You automatically have a person in mind. I do. Yeah. But I I know that when I was in a particular group with you, there was one person in particular who was, well, there's a few people who did this, but I remember there was one person in particular that drove me fucking crazy. And I she, suspect we're thinking about the same person. Probably. Yeah. But I remember one time she was having an issue with money and her kid having really high expectations and her not knowing how to afford these different things and that she was no longer getting help from her family because basically she (laughs) tapped that well. I'm going to say, yeah, she burned those bridges. Right. And, And so there was all these suggestions on what she could do to cut back on expenses so she could have money for other things that she needed. And every single suggestion that people made as to why, how she could save money, she, she came up. Right. Yeah. And there and there were even suggestions of basically, you know, like, well, sometimes children have to learn how life works. Right, tell them, tell your kid no. Yeah, I'm going to say sometimes you end up having to disappoint your children and yeah. it sucks, but that's how life works. And No, I can't nope, possibly do that. Not an option, but yeah. then the options presented to bypass that one were also not yeah. doable. Like, I'm like, all right, so <laughs> the end of this discussion is there's no way to fix this problem. Good luck. Right. Yeah. So why are you even asking for advice at that point? And that was what was frustrating to me. Like, if you just want to go on and you just want to vent, then vent. And then you can just get the people to say, oh, I'm sorry, that really sucks. But if you're going to come on here and you're going to ask for advice and then you're going to shit over every piece of advice you're given. Yeah. Fuck you. I just expended energy trying to help you and you just shot it down. And that, for me, is exhausting. Like, you're suck. People who are like that, and that's why I can't really, that's why I don't spend much time on social media in general, but I especially can't be a part of groups where people are constantly asking for things because I have a very limited pool of energy. And every time I'm advising someone, I'm draining from that pool. Well, honestly, in some of those situations, and in that one, I think it was sort of the case too, just come out and say, hey, I need money. Like, I mean, I think a lot of times it's things like, you know, where there's a specific thing and it's basically, it's kind of obvious that the person, and it's not always money. It can be some other resource. Right. I think a lot of people. A ride or. Yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, and it's like on one hand, you know, yeah, maybe it's more ballsy or uncomfortable, but when it's very obvious that the things that are suggested 
aren't working and as you explain your reasons for those things aren't working it kind of more and more leans toward this is what you want just say it because then i feel like i'm being manipulated yeah this is very difficult for me to say but hey i need help with x and can you all provide that instead of saying what would you people do right and then no that won't work no that won't work no that won't work (laughs) and that and because then you want to be like okay to your mind what would work you obviously have something in yeah, mind say, here. Yeah, because it's you, like if we give you 20 options and none of those options work, that kind of indicates that you have some idea of what option would work. And right. And obviously we're not hitting it, so why don't you just tell us? Right. And you can save all of us fucking time and energy here. Yeah. And again, it feels like manipulation. Like right. you're trying to lead us to a particular solution that you want us to provide. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. You're like, and it's also kind of one of those like, well, obviously no one's suggesting that. So maybe we've all figured it out too and we don't want to do it. Right. We don't want to offer it because you're just going to have to grow the fuck up and take care of it yourself. Right. I had a situation the other day when I had a student. She's a very sweet student. But I don't think she's very good at problem solving yet. Yeah. And I think, in part, it's because she has a tendency to think of why things won't work rather than why they will. Yeah. And I'm going to talk that up to youth. So she asked me... My dad is 70 and he does it still, so... (laughs) Well, I don't know what the fuck his problem is, but I'm hoping (laughs) that this student will grow out of it. I hope she does, too. Let's hope. So... I do think for some people it's just a personality. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> that's a whole nother discussion. But I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt because she's yeah. young, right? And so she asked me. Apparently, she'd gotten a speeding ticket, and so she said, "Do you know in Montgomery County what the price is for a speeding ticket when you've gone like X miles over?" I'm like, "No, didn't it say on the ticket." <laughs> what a strangely specific question. Right? I said, "Doesn't it say on the ticket?" Because I think usually they put down a price I would range. Think, yeah. She's like, "Well, there's a spot for it, but he didn't fill it out." And I was like, okay, well, then I don't know. I said, so did you go online? Did you see if it said, like, sometimes you can look it up online and they'll get price ranges. She's like, well, I did, but I couldn't find it. They didn't give the exact price range. And I'm like, okay, well, then could you call them and ask them? She's like, well, my mom's always around because apparently she doesn't want her mom to know she's got a ticket. And I'm like... And I kind of pause and she's like, oh, but she's not here right now and I have a two-hour break today. And And I'm like... There you go. And then she goes, but I don't know the phone number. And I go, nobody knows the phone number. That's why you look it up. Like, you just said you've used the internet. Go there. I'm like, does anyone just have this phone number memorized? Of course they don't, unless they get a lot of tickets. tickets And I was like, I said, that's why you look it up. But it's funny because there was another student sitting next to her. And at that point, I looked at him. I'm like, (laughs) do you see? I'm like, every time I go to offer her a solution, she tells me why it won't work. work. And and he's like, yeah, I would have given up a while ago. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, girl. But I think I I, I helped her arrive at a solution. So I hope that she got there. But I'm like, are you kidding Oh, my God. Like you have to think past the next step. <laughs> Get to that one, and then you think again. It's a continuous process, the thing. Yes, about. and I will have students do that. Everyone's about, especially in their journal entries. They'll talk about different things, and I usually assign a topic, but sometimes they like to wander off into personal stuff and ask me for advice, and that's fine. I don't mind offering it, but sometimes they'll tell me how my advice won't work, and I'm like, fine. I'm a fucking English teacher. What do you Right. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, don't ask my advice. Fuck right. off. I'm not a therapist. And if you don't like what I have to say, then don't fucking ask right. me. Do you want me to diagram a sentence? Fine. <laughs> I can do that. Want me to fix your life? Sorry. <laughs> and I can't. 
quit being an asshole. Right. <laughs> Go figure it out for yourself. Oh, it's exhausting. And you had, before we did this, you had talked about, too, whether you thought there was a difference in people who are introverts and extroverts and whether this impacts them right. in different ways. I mean, like we talked about, introverts generally find interacting with people a little more exhausting anyway. People that are extroverted get energy from being around people, yeah. from, you know, interacting. And so my thinking would be, your, you know, introverts would be, more prone to compassion fatigue mm-hmm. and because you know it doesn't take a lot for the energy they put out to deplete yeah it doesn't take a lot for them to be exhausted by people yeah whereas and i think you posited for extroverts doesn't matter what kind of interaction it is you know right is all interaction energizing for them or is it only positive interaction versus negative interaction yeah. Yeah. Could be, could be different for different people. Right. You know, there could be people that are like, it doesn't matter what the fuck's going on. They're all about it because they're around people. And there yeah. other Their people, battery is getting charged. Yeah. There could be other people that would be like, I like people, but only when they're not awful. Right. <laughs> well, I think that most And people. I, as a general, being an introvert, don't necessarily like people regardless of whether or not they're <laughs> awful or not. I, I tend, I'm okay with people, actually. I find that I get along with most people, but I do even... People I really enjoy, I reach a point where I'm like, I can't. And especially the more demands on my time, yeah. the 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 faster I get tired. Yeah. So even if I really like someone, I reach a point where I'm like, ah. Yeah. I love you and this, this is, is awesome. fun, but go away. I got to go to bed. Yeah. Like, I can't do this anymore because I've got to, I have no more energy yeah. left for any of well, this. Well, my mom and me, this actually came up a couple weeks ago in the midst of a, a fight. But she said something to the effect of, like, I kind of, at some point when I'm there, look like I'm glazing over. <laughs> and I felt so awful because I had realized it was a thing I you was You can feel doing. it. <laughs> and I really hoped she hadn't noticed. Yeah. And I explained to her what was, like, a big thing is, and I'm like, by the time I'm here and I've spent some time, like, it's the end of my day. Yeah. I've worked all day, so I have people there, and then I come there, and yeah, she's my mom, so it's not quite the same as fucking regular people, but... Like, at some point, I hit, I'm like, there's a wall. I'm done. And yeah. when I'm done, my brain just starts clicking out. And it doesn't matter if I like the situation or the people or the topic or all of it. My body is just like, we're done. Yeah. No more. Uncle. That's very much how I am. That's why I don't like to schedule a lot of stuff during the week when I'm working because it wears me out. Yeah. And my kids will comment on sometimes I sound irritated. Like if it's later in the day, yeah. especially if they've been talking to me a lot. It's not that I love my kids. I love them tremendously. But there's a point at which like after I've worked all day and I've come home and I've worked out and I've made dinner and cleaned up and made lunches. And if there's still a lot of like talk or requests. Yeah. And they're like, well, you kind of sound irritated. I'm like, it's because I'm fucking exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I You're have, like, I might be irritated, but it's not you. It's me. It doesn't mean I don't love you. It's just that I don't have anything else to give right, right. now. So, like, just, it, there's a point at which I need you to not ask me for anything yeah. else. <laughs> I'm off the clock. Like, it's 7.30. Right. I have been awake for 13 hours, and I've been doing shit for all of it. Right. I can't honor any more requests because my brain has got to shut down and I love yeah. you to pieces, but I have to check out. Like I've got to stare at the television 
quietly for two hours before I pass out. I, I Please. Joke, I've <laughs> joked for years, like, it works, especially when we have times where things are way more stressful than they have been previously. I'll talk about, like, I can't wait to go home and just stare at my blank wall for an hour. <laughs> and everybody thinks I'm kidding, and I'm like, I'm kind of not. There have been times where I've gone home and I have just chilled in the dark. I am re- For an hour or two. Yeah. I'm like, I can't. My brain can't do anything right now. Yeah. Like, not even anything I would enjoy. Like, I just, shh, quiet. I am rediscovering, and we've talked about this a few times, I've mentioned before that I know I'm over-distracted. Like, I have a tendency to always distract myself with stuff, and I know that's not good for me. Yeah. And I've really started trying to get away from that. So, I've started trying to transition from listening to podcasts all the time to listening to music because it's not as engaging. Like I can right. kind of let my mind wander. Whereas with podcasts, I have to you concentrate. Have to right. So music allows my mind time to just sort of relax and flow. And then the other day, Steve had been working on the basement, trying to get the, the shit off the, the floor. And he was using an incredibly loud sander and I came home and I worked out and I heard it the entire time I was working out. And then I went upstairs and I started cooking. And so it had been over an hour of this. And finally I came downstairs and I was like, are you almost done? Because I don't think I can listen to this anymore. And he's like, no, you know what? It's fine. I'm looking for an excuse to stop anyway. And he stopped and I had started to turn on music. And I'm like, you know what? I can't. I turned off music and I cooked in silence. And I don't remember the last time I've done that. And it was so peaceful. I do that every once in a while when I'm going into work. Like I usually have the radio on mm-hmm. or something. And every once in a while I'll be heading in and I'll be like, I like at first like I'll just turn it down. I'll be like, it's just too loud. Yeah. Is what I think. And then I just turn it off. Yeah. And I will just drive to work in silence. And I'm like, okay, that's what my brain needs. This is kind of nice. Just no, nothing other than like the noise that's coming from outside yeah. the vehicle from driving. And I'm like, sometimes, yeah, yeah. just silence. So I think that we have so much overstimulation right now in so right. many ways. Emotional overstimulation from all the stuff we're watching, but even sound. And, and so much of what we're hearing also involves emotional responses. Like even if it's music, it's something yeah. we like or it can make us feel well, happy certain, or sad. Yeah, and certain music, you know, relates to other people or other situations. Right. Like there's, there are bands that I still can't listen to because I hear it and I'm like, <gasps> it reminds me of, you know, a person right. all the time. So, you know, yeah, there's... Everything has so much emotion. Or even just like watching a TV show or a movie or something. Somebody mentions something and it reminds you of something. And that can spark emotions. Yeah. And yeah. It's so much. And so I really understand how that can be exhausting and why people turn away. And I don't know if it's fair to call it a lack of empathy. I think it's just we're all fucking exhausted. Right. It's too much. And we all have to really find ways... I don't, I feel like the term self-care has been a little bit overused and a lot of people feel it's kind of like touchy, feely, hippy-dippy, blah, blah, yeah, blah. It's, it's getting kind of a weird, shitty connotation. Right. Because it's just like, oh, self-care, float in bubble bath. Right. And it feels mildly narcissistic depending yeah. on who's using it, right? Like, so for some people, self-care is really about like being selfish and not giving a shit about anyone. Right. And I wouldn't advocate that. Or checking out and not being a responsible human being. And I wouldn't advocate that yeah, either. Self-care is just, you know, not doing anything. Yeah, like, it's, hey. it's like noticing that you're becoming overwhelmed and allowing yourself to just be quiet and be alone. That you don't always have to do stuff for other people. Yeah. It's okay to say no. It's okay yeah. to be quiet. It's okay to check out. Yeah, and I mean, you know, and there's in certain situations you don't have to do something. Like, they talk. I've seen a lot of stuff about self-care mm-hmm. in relation to parents and moms especially. Yeah. Since, they tend to be the 
in most cases, the brunt of the parenting, take the brunt of the parenting. And there's been a lot of stuff about, like, if your kid's taking a nap and, you know, you have a million things you need to get done, the world's not going to end if you take a nap, too. Yeah. Or read a book or listen to music or take a bubble bath if you Paint can. Paint your toenails. Instead do of, else. you know, like, the kitchen's still going to be dirty. Yeah. and Or the laundry's still going to be nothing, you know, and... Unless you're the kind of person that not doing that stuff will stress you out so much that yeah. it will make it worse. Yeah. It's okay to not constantly be doing something. Like parents that are like, you know, I have to be interacting with my baby at all times. Your kid's going to be fine if you leave them on the floor playing with their toys. They're allowed and, to entertain themselves. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like teach them to chill out on their own yeah. for a while too and entertain themselves. Sit on the couch and watch them. Yeah. 20 minutes or just go sit in the kitchen and eat entire sleeve of cookies i used to just i had a i would just read i would let my kids yeah. i would be in the same room with them but they would just be doing whatever the fuck they wanted and yeah. i would just read so i was doing what i wanted they were doing what they wanted nobody was getting hurt or dying right. or being neglected i'm like all right i can do this and in situations <laughs> like that you also you know get your kids used to the fact that you're not constantly like they don't constantly need you Right. They like can they, they are capable of doing things. So, you know, you also maybe kind of get them in the habit of seeing like, oh, this person is a being outside of just being my parent and occasionally they want to do things that aren't and that doesn't make you a bad person or no. a bad parent. It just means that you're aware in order for you to function at your best for anyone in your life, and it's not even just for parents, it's you know, for your spouse or your coworkers or your friends. Maybe that's something we could call toxic femininity is this idea that if you ever do anything for yourself, that that's actually selfish. selfish, Right. And it's terrible for you to ever say no, that you always have to be giving to others and you always have to put others before yourself. And I say that's bullshit. Even as a mother, like you are still a human being, like your priority is still yourself because you still have to be able to take care of those kids. I mean, granted, there's... There are times when absolutely your children's needs come before your own. Right. Absolutely. But. And it's, I mean, it's frequent. I'm right. But. At the same time, like, you are still a human being that you've got to take care of. Because yeah. if you're not taking care of yourself, then you're not going to be able to take yeah. care of anyone. Well, and I've, you know, I have friends, I have some coworkers, you know, and they're stressed out about things. And I always point out, like, you aren't any good to your child if you are stressed beyond all belief. Yeah. Whether it's something that you're putting on yourself and, you know, taking responsibility for everything when you could delegate or, you know, just a matter of... Just you're, say no. Or just a matter of you're not <laughs> able to do that. And, you know, those are the people that I usually say things to like, you know, hey, like, if you're having a hard time, like, give me your kid for, you know, a couple yeah. of hours. Like, I used to tell it to my roommate all the time. I'd be like, I don't care if you go drive around and sit in your car and scream for right. an hour. Like, you don't have to use your time productively all the time no like it is not a crime if you're not constantly doing something right and and i i was having a conversation with someone who was talking about like all this different stuff that she had to do like she's got three kids and they're scheduled to the hilt and they do she's like involved in committees and she has all these different things going on blah 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 and she was talking about i'm like and i have to do this but i don't want to and like i have this expectation my son wants this and blah 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 and i just looked at one point and i went fuck that noise said that's ridiculous this, all this stuff you're talking about is fucking insane. Yeah. Like, you need to say no. Like, this, you've got to stop just doing all this shit because everyone else expects it of you. Yeah. There's a point at which it's perfectly okay for you to say no. Yeah. 
Like, and you need to quit letting people, you know, expect and assume that your time is theirs. And, you know, maybe depending on who the person is in your life, they need to learn that that's not how stuff works. No. And this, this belief. You'll hear no. You'll get, you know, right. rescheduled. Like, or this belief to be a good parent that you have to be able to, like, run this kid to his lesson and that kid to his practice and do this and be available and on this committee and make homemade cookies for this and blah, blah. Fuck that. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. Like, that is that is ridiculous. Like, if that's a thing you love doing and you're good at it Great. and you can juggle all of that, fine. Great. More power to you. But if it's stressing you the fuck out right. and you have even a remote option of saying, no, do it. Right. Especially if you see article after article. I've, like, the last few years, I've seen tons of them. Basically, and the headline of the article is the power of no. And it's a whole thing about yes. a person learning to say no every once in a while. And you see things where people are like, for 30... 30 days, all I did when anybody asked me to do shit, I said no. And this is what it resulted in. By and large, it's, you know, I was way less stressed at the end of 30 days. And now I pick and choose what I want to do if I want to do it. I don't say yes to things I don't want to do. Yeah. And that's the thing. And and I don't mean to, like, if you're someone, as you said, who really loves getting into that stuff. Like, you love baking cookies and you love running your... And that fuels your fire and you love it. Please... Pursue that passion. But if you're exhausted and you have people demanding things of you that you don't know how to give them, there's a point at which you can say no. And that's what everyone needs to to be protective of themselves as well. Everyone, especially parents. Because children also need to understand that there are limitations. They are never in anywhere in their lives going to have full access to someone who's going to give them everything they want. And if they do, that's... Let's be honest, that's not good. No, because when they get out in the real world and they have jobs, they're not going to have people who are at their beck and call, who yeah. are on instantly going to give them everything they yeah, don't want. don't teach people that, you know, somebody will always be there to cater to their every need. Right, because that's it's never, horrible. you're never going to be, that's never going to happen in the real world. Right. And so, like, I can't tell you how many times I've had to tell my kids, I can't afford that. I can't do that right now. Can't do it. You know, and a lot of times they don't have unrealistic expectations. So a lot of times it's not, you're never going to get that. It's you got to wait till I get paid again because I have this other stuff that I just right. had to pay. And they're fine with that. I've never had my kids throw a fit because I said, I can't get you that for you right now because I don't have money. Yeah. Never. And they I mean, understand you know, and it. And of course with that, you know, some of that might just be the, that you never have done that kind of thing. You know, the person we mentioned before <clears throat> with, you know, being the asshole. She had always catered to that child. So then when she finally ran into positions where she couldn't. Yeah. And he was, what, 16 or 17 at that point? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not a young, not the early part of teenage. No. The late part of teenage. Almost adulthood. Yeah. And I'm like, you know. It's not going to go well. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, you know, on one hand, you know, the thing she would describe was kind of like, your kid's kind of that way because it sounds like you've given him the precedent. Yeah. You've never told him no or that this can't happen. So, yeah, it would be difficult to do that now without him throwing an absolute hissy fit. Because because he's... That's his expectation. And, you know, on one hand, you can't be mad at people who turn into assholes because you set a ridiculous expectation for them. You have something for them to always assume... Is how things right. go. It's a given. Yeah. And then for the, for you to all of a sudden say, oh, no, that's not a given anymore. They're going to be like, wait, yeah, what the what fuck? The what fuck? Right? Yeah, what changed? Of Why is this a problem now? Yeah. I, mean, I would be. Adults <laughs> would be. And adults are way more more reasoning and 
Or have experienced some disappointment. Yeah, you know, <laughs> or being they, told no. Yeah, they handle that better generally than a teenager would. Yeah, and and so it's and it's understandable that he would be upset. Yeah, but then maybe don't yeah don't set that yeah that precedent. Like surprise, life sucks sometimes. I remember being very little and having my parents tell me life wasn't fair, yeah. and it pissed me the fuck off. I will yeah. tell you that. And my response was always, I understand that, but then shouldn't you try to be as fair as you can? Like as a parent, <laughs> shouldn't you try to balance be the scales? This? Right? Like shouldn't you balance the scales when you have control over a situation? Shouldn't you try to be fair cuz you know the greater world isn't fair? Yeah. That didn't go very no, far. I'm like I like that <laughs> argument. That's a fabulous argument. I thought so too, <laughs> but it didn't change anything. I still <laughs> be like that's a very good point, but no. But no. It's still not going to work. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> See, I should have been a lawyer. I was about to say it. I'm like, what a what a lawyer-esque thing to say. Yeah, oh, I would have had a lot more money if I'd gone that route too. I mean, if you were a shitty lawyer, you know. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah, there's no guarantee I would have been yeah. a good one. You could have been <laughs> bottom of your class. <laughs> what do you call a doctor who earned all C's? Doctor. <laughs> no, that's a sh- that's not how you tell the joke. It's what do you call a medical student who graduates with all C's? Doctor. I totally fucked up that Whatever, joke. Whatever, I knew what you were going for. <laughs> I'm going to have to delete the first one because I fucked it up. Shit. I gave away the... the, the I ruined the punchline. God. That reminds me, there was a joke that I was supposed to tell you a while ago, about 69, and I told her I, was, I didn't want to text it to you, and I told you I was going to tell you in person, and I kept forgetting. Do you remember that? I don't. I read it on Reddit, and it was really funny. So I texted you one of them jokes, but the other one was longer. So, it's about a girl and a guy. Oh, so they're dating, and she asks him if he wants to try a 69. And he said, oh, I've never tried that before. What is it? She's like, oh, I'll show you. So, they take off both their clothes, and he lies down on the floor, and she steps over him, and she squats down over his face, and she's about to get into position, and then she farts. (laughs) And she stands up, and she goes, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I I I apologize. I apologize. And he's like, okay, whatever. So, she's like, okay, let's try then she like gets back in the position she squats down and she farts again and she's like oh my god i'm so embarrassed i don't know what's going on it's never happened before and he stands up and he goes you know what i don't think i can take 67 more of those (laughs) (laughs) that's i mean that's reasonable that'd be a lot of farts i like that it's disgusting Oh, and that has absolutely nothing to do with the topic we were discussing about. I'll have to decide if I actually want to keep that in or not. I mean, it's good now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. He didn't have a lot of compassion (laughs) for her farting. You could say he had compassion fatigue (laughs) about her farting in his face. About her flatulence. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's no longer empathetic about it <laughs> Here he is. that's how we tie it in her oh. asshole was I don't have anything for that one <laughs> oh, okay so on that note don't be an asshole <laughs> Nobody likes it. Don't fart in people's faces. <laughs> Unless that's their thing. Because I'm, I'm sure I'm there's a face fart fetish. I'm 100% sure that that is a fetish. <laughs> we should do an episode on fetishes sometimes. <laughs> I don't 
know. I might scare you. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to say they're our fetishes. We can say uh, other people's A friend's fetish. <laughs> a friend of a friend. I have this friend. <laughs> Wink. And I'll be like, you don't have that many friends. <laughs> You've mentioned 75 specific things, <laughs> and I know you don't have 75 friends. So I have questions. And I'm one of your friends, and I know none of these are mine. So who are you talking about? Only seven of those are mine. <laughs> One-tenth of them are mine. Oh, and on that note, <laughs> thanks for listening. And no, It's not a competition. Because we're all fucked up. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> oh. We are not scientists, medical professionals, or mental health experts. We are simply two people interested in discussing a topic that affects everyone, either directly or indirectly. We are not expressing expert opinions, and anything we say should not replace medical advice or treatment. If you're struggling with depression or anxiety, especially if you are thinking of harming yourself or someone else, please seek the help of a mental health or medical professional. The number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. You can also chat with them online. Take care. My Asshole Brain was written and hosted by Amanda Green and Stephanie Coons. Artwork by Doug Tolls, produced by Stephen Beasley, and presented by Greasley Enterprises. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.